Well, good, good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Good, okay. Can we do that again? A little sleepy. I got the like, sleepy note. Somebody told me I looked a little sleepy today, too. I, I'm probably part of this. So, good morning, church. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. We got extra caffeine out there if anybody needs an extra cup. So, you guys are online at home, you guys can serve yourself. So, uh, anyway, so, so great to have you guys here today. And, um, and I just thought I'd ask a little question to start out um, that is kind of like summer theme since we're in like the midst of, I guess, the end of July already. Can you believe it? It's really crazy. But um, at the beach, are you a builder or a digger or a neither? I have to put neither in there. So are you a builder or a digger? And the reason I asked this question, I was just going to ask, what do you build at the beach? And then I was informed by somebody that people also are not builders, but they like to dig holes in the sand. So anyway, so that's why I included that. So are you a builder or a digger or neither? Just take about, we're going to take like 30 seconds here, turn to a neighbor, turn to somebody around you, introduce yourself maybe, and share with them your answer to that question. Ready, set, go. You guys online too, write it in the comments. Okay, so builders, raise your hand nice and proud here. Builders, diggers, wow, I did not know this. I didn't know so many people, dug, and neither, neither. Okay, we just have people, y'all are the mountain people, I guess, right? Like we did this a couple months ago, we asked the mountain beach question. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know if, um, if you do go to the beach, maybe you have been to the beach. There's several places um, on the East Coast here that have sandcastle contests that you can go and see if you're not a builder, if you're a digger, if you really hate all of it. Um, and you can go and see wonderful sandcastles. I wanted to show with you a couple of them, um, that some pictures of things that people actually make. Isn't that like amazing? Like, and you just, you're like, it's going to wash away, right? You spent all that time making it. Yeah, that one's a cool one. How about the next one? That's pretty awesome. And you want to see Pastor Chris's sandcastle? Ready? <laughs> Boom. How about that? Yeah, that's art right there. So um, anyway, so hold on to that thought because we're in the series story time. We're talking about the parables of Jesus and really Jesus's parables, the stories that he told really fit in kind of a non-Western, kind of a Jewish culture that really talked about things and, and taught lessons through metaphors and illustrations and really using reasoning that makes sense when you put it all together, stories that have reasoning that makes sense. And so today's story is one that Jesus told about building, and it does involve sand in one way. But Jesus is, is closing his Sermon on the Mount here. I want you to provide that kind of context for the story that he tells. This is at the end of his grandiose Sermon on the Mount, the message that he's known most for, kind of the, all the different sayings that he had in there. You can go and look that up. And, um, but anyway, he's closing this big, big speech, introducing a concept here with a story, with a specific parable. But the story is also a warning. Ooh. It's also a warning, a warning to those who had just listened to his entire lengthy speech. And he knew that lots and lots of people were not only gathered around, but that would hear his words later on and hear all of his teachings. And so with that in mind, 
Jesus says this in Matthew 7, verses 24 to 29. He says, and this is also in your program, um, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. So the parable of the two builders, the two builders. What's going on here? So just kind of an overview. What's going on? Well, the main point here is that Jesus is, once again, talking to everybody that's heard him in the immediate time, at that time, the present time, but also who would come to hear him and hear his teachings and all the wonderful things he had to say. Well, what he's saying here, he's emphasizing that that's not enough. It's not enough to just listen, but it matters what you do with it. It matters what you do with it. And sometimes this parable is, is taught and translated, so, you know, we need to build or the rock is, is Jesus' word, and I need to read the Bible more. And, and yeah, that's wonderful, that's, that's all, but that's not necessarily what this is saying. The emphasis here is on those who put it into practice who actually live it out. And you think about it, in life, that's very true, right? It's one thing to think about weightlifting and going to the gym, and another thing to actually do it. It's one thing to know about proper nutrition and, and what you should eat, and it's another thing to actually eat healthy. It's one thing, that it's, it's the value of putting things into practice, and actually that's how we really learn and grow and understand God, our instructor. Practice is important. Practice is essential. And so he's warning here that when we build our lives, but also when he's alluding to the, the time that we would come, that, that we would build the church, and the church is not a building, but it's people, and we would build the church, that it matters if we put Jesus' directions and teachings into practice. Kind of the old idea, the old adage, of you practice what you preach. And so Jesus really paints on the kind of canvas of our imaginations here with these, the parable of these two builders. Uh, it's a story of two builders, two houses, one storm, and two outcomes. And we're going to look at each of these. So the first starting out, two builders two builders. He's getting out here to build the importance of building beneath the surface. What's the difference between the two builders? Well, he outrightly states one is wise, the rock guy, right? I think of the rock. I, don't, I keep bringing that to mind, but the rock guy is, is very important. <laughs> and then one who's very, very foolish, very, very silly. And the sand is the silly, it's kind of the do-it-your-own-way. Uh, you know, if you're looking at that, you'd say, well, why on earth would you do that? The rock is wise, doing it Jesus' way, the difficult way. And dare I say, in life, the difficult thing is usually the Jesus thing, believe it or not. That what's under the surface, though, 
matters. You know, you think like you can't really build, you can't really build a foundation that, that is going to stand in sand. And, and I don't know about you, but I think we live in a world where it's very easy for us to portray a persona that has very little correspondence with our true cal- uh, character. It's very easy to portray in a certain way that has very little to do with what's inside. And I think that goes with you know, things like social media, which is a wonderful uh, tool that we can use. But more and more, we invest more and more of our time building our, th- our lives and our things at the level of people's perceptions of us. What we want other people to view, how we want them to view us, that we're doing so wonderful. But the problem is, when we do that, that the house we build may look impressive, but beneath the surface is completely falling apart. And the truth is, you can go a long time looking okay until it's not, until it's not. And the Gospel of Luke, the writer Luke, he does a different version of kind of the the same teaching in Luke chapter 6. He shares this little abbreviated version of the story. He says, well, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Once again, it's the practice thing. I will show you what he is like who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice. He's like a man building a house who dug down deep, think about that, deep, and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that the house could not shake it because it was well built. I love what Luke says here. He says, dug down deep. He dug down past the surface until he hit something that would actually sustain the weight of building a house. And I think that's where we look at God's word, that it's very easily to look at what God has to say and not take it seriously. And, and it's, it's kind of silly because then we go our own way and it's like, kind of like the building on sand. But the thing about the surface world that many of us, all of us really live in, that emphasis of what we look like on the surface, it's kind of the spirit of our age. I think that, also think that as the, this age that we live in becomes more artificial, and more emphasis on what you see and how you're perceived, and that becomes more of the emphasis. I think that as that happens, the authentic, those of us who are authentic and grounded and following Jesus, we actually become more attractive. I don't know if you've had that experience before, that maybe somebody met you or maybe you met somebody and they were very, very different. You've experienced that, that you've been drawn to someone that is different and it turns out that they're living out their faith in Jesus, and it impacted you, right? I know my own story. There was a group of people, the one church that I attended, I was like, they all actually love one another. Like, first time like in church, right? They actually, like, like this, this is legit. They actually do this, and they serve one another. And not only that, but they reach out to people that are on the margins and in society. Like, they're actually living this out. And maybe you don't know a person like that, but maybe... Maybe you don't know it yet, but maybe that person is actually you in your workplace, in your home, in your neighborhood. Maybe there's somebody that hasn't spoken up yet who is wondering about you. That, that they, they see and they think that, okay, it's a waste to go to church. I don't know about this Jesus thing or any of this, this faith, but, but there's a sense of there's something deeper with her. There's something deeper with him, with, with how they're living this out, and it seems to matter But in order to go deeper, in order to build there, of course, there has to be a season of excavation. In order to get deeper, there has to be a season of excavation. 
And, and before God elevates, he has to excavate. Before God can elevate and grow and do something in us, he has to do some excavation inside of us. And, and so I, I think there's some things in our lives that God has dug out that we didn't want him to take away. But maybe he needed to. Maybe he needed to because if God dug it out, maybe there's something else that he wants to do in us. Maybe something is more that he wants to do in you. And so when God has called you to live on mission, he will dig and dig and dig and dig. He's gonna reveal some things inside you that you didn't wanna see before. But also, also he may be giving you a chance, another chance to build on his directions this time. Not your own directions, but build on his directions. What we like to call a, that fresh start. Uh, there was in a couple years back, 2017, 2018, there was this research study that was done on following instructions. I found this really fascinating. And um, they were looking at different types of people and why certain people follow instructions and others don't. And you know, it's usually the men, but anyway. So uh, I just threw that in there. It's not always the men. But um, anyway, so they did this study, men and women together. And they basically gave them a task with like an instruction book and things to follow in order to complete a task. And they found, but, but also before that, let me back up, before that, they had them do this little personality test. They had to do a personality test and then they had this project to do. Well. They, they found that the higher someone scores on a personality test in the area of entitlement, <laughs> entitlement, the less likely they are to follow directions and instructions. And the reason was because they viewed the instructions as an unfair imposition on them. And it was interesting because the researchers, I kind of read on in this study, the researchers were shocked. They were surprised that it was so hard to get this group of people to follow any instructions. They had like treats at the end of it. They had rewards and yet they people just decided not to do anything, no matter what they did or even gifted them with. No wonder we need some excavation, right? What, what Jesus is building though requires deep foundations to sustain the weight and build the structure of our lives. And God will always dig before he builds. And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes he uses disappointment to dig the holes from our lives and to maybe even dig out some dreams because his goal is to replace them with his. It's a story of two builders, but it's also a story of two houses that they build, two houses which kind of shows us that the materials that we build with matter, but it also takes time. And so I brought with me a happy, I don't know if you, happy little Lego set. Any Lego fans in the house? Yeah, maybe you or, or your kids or somebody. Um, this is a helicopter. It's the city, a fire helicopter. And there's like a trash can with like a fire in it. It's like a dumpster fire thing. I don't know if you feel like that. So there's like instructions here anyway. So... So this apparently, if you haven't done Legos before, so Legos, they all go together and there's an instruction thing which tells you which goes on top of what and these are the pieces that this comes with. So I'm gonna pour this out. So here we go. Oops, somebody's gonna step on that. Watch your feet. But, um, oh, thank you. There's like, this doesn't look like that, right? 
this doesn't, there's like this stuff. It's broken. It's broken. It's broken. It doesn't look like what's on the box. I should just return it, right? I should just put this back and, you know, it's, it's broken. There's a malfunctioning here. It didn't come like what it, it looks like. Well, it doesn't look like what's on the box until we take the time to build it. It takes time to build. It doesn't just happen when I pour things out. They don't just come together. And I think for us, it, aren't there times in our lives we want to take things back to God because it doesn't look like what was on the box? Your marriage, maybe? Your friendship, your vocation? You want to take it back because it doesn't look like what was on the box. But the point of Legos is that it takes time to build. That, that we can't just expect a relationship with, with God to just happen overnight. That there, on our part, you know, there comes that step of receiving his grace. We enter into that relationship. But the death, depth, depth happens over time. I watched this um, eight-year-old YouTuber. On, um, he was on YouTube, and he built this, like, giant Star Wars Lego thing. It was really, really amazing. And I watched the whole entire thing. It took him 10 minutes to build this giant Lego thing. But then I noticed that he changed outfits five times. So that makes me think that the building of this giant Lego thing was not 10 minutes. There are many things in life we look at and we think, that must have taken 10 minutes for them to build. Mm -mm. You know, I, play, I started a church. People think, oh, well, you just started a church like overnight, whatever. Like four years, like takes time. It takes time to grow in a marriage. It takes time to, to grow in a position. It takes time to invest in a neighborhood and feel at home. It does not happen overnight. It takes time, day after day that we have to invest and partner with God in building. And the materials matter, right? It takes time and energy to devote ourselves, to, to devote ourselves to, to Jesus, to follow him and, and his purpose. Oh, here's a little, I think it's his helmet. Oops, we can't lose your helmet, buddy, right? So, but it takes time and energy to follow Jesus. But then, of course, the two houses, what do they encounter in the story? A storm. One storm, though. One storm between the two, which shows us that we shouldn't just build beneath, but we have to build before. I don't know about you, but a storm is not an if, but a when. It's not an if, but a when. That none of us are immune to the storms of life. And if you're not in one right now, then there's probably one on the road, whether this week or next month or next year or in 10 years. Matthew 4, uh, 5, 45 says this, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And that time rain was actually seen as a good thing rather than our perception of storm. But, but the point is the same, that for all of us, there will be a storm. But the time to build is always before. It's always before the storm, before the rain came. And that doesn't mean that we should be shaking in our pants, being like, oh my gosh, there's a storm, there's going to be a storm coming, right? Oh my gosh, every day, trepidation, something bad's going to happen, because you could live like that too, and that's not a way to live, like just waiting for the other shoe to fall for the next bad thing to happen. But the idea is to build before, to do the opposite, to build on rock in the times that are good, when we are not in the valley, but we are on the mountaintop. 
Because I don't know about you, but I can think of many a storm that I've faced that could have been avoided or gone better had I followed Jesus' instructions. Because you know what storms do? Storms do something that not many things can do. Um, Several years ago, there was a storm that hit the Great Salt Lake out west, and um, there was a ship that it unearthed, it brought up. The ship was about 150 years old, had been sailed in the 1800s, had been at the bottom of the Great Salt Lake for that long. And, And it's interesting that storms are revealing They're revealing. They show what has been beneath the surface and what's underneath. And and many times the prettiest houses that are built are actually the worst to live in when the storm comes. And I think about this, right? There's some friendships that are a lot of fun as long as the sun is shining. Some people buy things and go on trips to avoid the loneliness that they feel. Coworkers look like they have the perfect life without God until the storm hits. That doesn't mean, though, that we don't have doubts and we don't have frustrations and that we don't experience damage from storms in our lives. But the point is that something stands after the storm. Something stands. That the storm separates people from the, the, who really, really desire to follow from the people who just want a resort-level, pina colada drinking, feel good but do nothing and reacting type faith. See? There's one storm, we'll all encounter it, which will lay into question what we have been building our lives on. And of course, with that, there are two outcomes. Two outcomes, showing showing us that hearing and learning are not enough. What do both builders do? Let's look at this real quick. So verse 24, the first builder. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Let's look at verse 26, compare that. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. What what do they both do? Jesus is very clear here, he repeats himself. What do they both do? He indicates that both of them hear him. Both of them hear his words. It's not like one just totally shut them off and they just go about, no, they both heard. But what does only one do? Put it into practice. Put it into practice. The, ver- the verb here is poyo, poyo in the Greek, meaning to construct or create, to flesh out. It's actually the same word, believe it or not, and when Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men, it's the same verb there. It's, and, and I think for us, you know, it's one thing, uh, you know, don't get me wrong, it's one thing to know a lot about the Bible. There's one thing to attend hours of Bible studies and listen to sermon after sermon after sermon and read Christian books, but it's a very different thing to live it out. You know, there's, there's one thing to invest ourselves and to, to say, okay, I'm listening and that kind of thing, but then on Monday through Saturday going and doing whatever you desire to do. And that's why the Christian life When we are following Jesus, when we want to grow in him and develop that deep, founded relationship, that rock-solid faith, it isn't about knowledge. It isn't just about knowledge. Knowledge is great, and it's wonderful to memorize scripture, and it's wonderful, and we should be engrossing ourselves in God's word, but it's when our acts of faith intersect with God's faithfulness that our faith grows. So the parable of the two builders... Putting Jesus' words into practice is what makes all the difference. It's not enough 
to just hear and to listen, but it's enough to, to respond and to act, and it matters what you do with it. And if you're wondering what, you know, well, what is it that Jesus is, is calling us, calling me to do? Well, look in the two previous chapters in his Sermon on the Mount. Things like being merciful, being pure in heart, being a peacemaker, salt and light, putting aside anger, being unoffendable, not acting on impulses, offering humility, loving our enemies, putting it into practice makes all the difference. And a church, I believe, a church, or the big C church, all of us, the people, when we focus only on hearing and learning, we need to be warned that that may be building on sand. Because in the end, it's putting Jesus' words into practice in our daily individual lives, but also collectively as a church, living out his call and his mission, that's the rock that stands, that makes a difference. And of course, it's hard. It's hard, it's not easy. Jesus says, though, it takes time. And he also makes it clear, it's worth it. Let's pray.